down, my favorite CD of all time would have to be Live at the Village Vanguard by Bill Evans. Well, for sure, Giant Steps by John Coltrane. Joni Mitchell. One would have to be the essential Billy Holiday. Duke Ellington, Kind of Blue, Sticky Fingers, Beatles, The Who, Todd Rundgren, Keith Jarrett, Oscar Peters, Dave Brubeck, Songs in the Key of Life. If you were marooned on a remote island with no prospect of returning home, which CDs would you have with you to help pass the time? I'm Ross Porter, and welcome to Stranded CDs for a Desert Island. In June of 1999, I had the opportunity to interview the late Mo Kaufman, renowned Canadian jazz musician and composer, and ask him what albums he would choose if he were stranded on a desert island. Here's that conversation. Mo, good to see you. Well, likewise, Ross. It's uh, been a while. The last time I saw you in Toronto, uh, we were doing that uh, big broadcast with the Boss Brass. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah that uh, uh, Over into uh, Europe. That's just one of the many things that you do. You're like a, a man of all seasons in, in music. Well, I, I try and keep... Uh, keep busy with uh, all the things I love about music. I love playing uh, with the Boss Brass because it affords me to play uh, beautiful charts written by Rob and Rick Wilkins, big band stuff which is not readily available these days. And uh, I continually play with my quintet in a jazz format, uh, quintet format. And then I'm continually uh, doing studio stuff as the calls come in, uh, films, jingles, and whatever. I wanted to start the uh, the program with a track by you. This is the uh, the Mo Kaufman uh, band. Mo, this is the quintet that's on this track? Quintet. Um, <clears throat> Ed Bickert on guitar. Um, Bernie Sinensky, our, our Winnipeg homeboy. Um, and I think uh, the bassist on this one was uh, Pat Collins. Okay. Uh, well, let's have a listen. Here's, uh, here's the Mo Kaufman quintet and Jitterbug Waltz. Quintet and uh, Jitterbug Waltz. What a beautiful melody. Yeah, Fats Waller really wrote a lot of nice things, and uh, there seems to be a resurgence of his material in uh, in the jazz world today, and uh, rightly so, because he was a great composer. For a long time, he was lying dormant. People knew of him and heard of him, but uh, the tunes weren't played that often. Do you remember the, uh, the first record that you bought? Actually, I do. I... Uh, I think I had just acquired a record player, and uh, the first record that I went in to buy was a uh, an LP by Shorty Rogers. It was a green cover. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, my first introduction to jazz didn't come by uh, with buying LPs. I remember I was a young kid hanging around a uh, place in Toronto called the uh, the Campus Record Bar. It was run by two guys by the name of Benny and Carl Langbord, and was the only record company, a record store, retail outlet in town that would bring in all these American uh, new jazz things on Savoy and uh, Bird and Diz and all the bebop was coming through there. And there was a few of us would be hanging around uh, real fans, and that's how my first introduction uh, came about, listening to it. And before that, I remember going down to the Eatons when they had a... uh, little booths where you could listen to records before you buy them. There were 78s, and I remember 
the very first uh, record that really turned me on to jazz net was uh, Coleman Hawkins' Body and Soul. It was classic. And I used to go in there because I didn't have a record player and, and listen to it in the booth all the time. And were you playing at this time? Uh, yes, I was playing. Uh, I started out playing the violin, and I, ne- I didn't get into serious jazz music until I was about 13 uh, when I took up the study of the saxophone. Let's have a listen to, uh, to one of your Desert Island picks. It's uh, this first one that we're going to play is John Coltrane and uh, and Johnny Hartman. Mm-hmm. What is there about this disc that uh, that speaks? To well, you? this is a classic. Uh, I think this album uh, speaks for itself once people people hear it. But uh, it's Coltrane in his uh, in his ballad mood, and Johnny Hartman, uh, the late Johnny Hartman, was uh, uh, was quite a. Uh, he, he caused quite a stir when when he came about in that era. But this album, um, all I remember is that it really was a classic, and I think it's something that every uh, jazz fan should have in their collection. Okay, from the uh, album called John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman, here's Lush Life. I used to visit all the very gay places, those come what may places. Where one relaxes on the axis Just exquisite. John Coltrane on sax, Johnny Hartman on vocals, and uh, you heard Lush Life, one of Mo Kaufman's Desert Island picks. Yeah, there's people on there that I really... uh admired over the years, like McCoy Tyner playing the piano and uh, Jimmy Garrison on bass and, of course, Elvin Jones on drums. And uh, those were the guys in, in during that time. But this album really has a lot of uh, classic appeal. Uh, I think it'll, it'll last forever. And uh, and uh, Hartman, I mean, although he's deceased, but he experienced his, uh, a bit of a resurgence with uh, thanks to Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Some of Hartman's music was moved in the the bridge used in the bridges of Madison County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, I mean, it's unfortunate that it's after his time, but I mean, heck, it's nice to think of other people, new people, discovering Hartman. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you have many CDs? Are you are you a record collector? Uh, I have. Thousands of LPs and uh, and hundreds of CDs and uh, I was mentioning that I'm on the move. We're, ma- we're making a move to another location and uh, I'm in the process of cleaning up all that stuff that I haven't looked at in many many years and I'm discovering stuff that I forgot about and it's just a revelation to come up with uh, old things that I really loved and still do. You know? Well, how did you discover this next uh, pick of yours? This is an album soundtrack. Well. The movie Glen Gary, Glen Cross wasn't a big hit, but uh, I uh, I have a good friend in the music business. I'm sure you're aware of Jimmy Dale, who's living down in F- Florida now. Jimmy did a lot of stuff for CBC, and uh, we worked together on the Sunday and Share stuff uh, over the years. Uh, but uh, Jimmy is a great arranger and a great musician. And uh, during a conversation of some sort, well, he was talking about the soundtrack of this movie. And uh, as I said, the movie wasn't a big hit, but the soundtrack is incredible. Uh, it's got tunes by Wayne Shorter and people like uh, Sanborn, uh, like a lot of uh, uh, big big star players are featured in this soundtrack. And good tunes and, and good arrangements. Okay, let's have a listen. This is from the soundtrack to uh, Glengarry Glen Ross. And uh, this is the uh, main title theme, and it uh, features Wayne Shorter on saxophone, correct? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
It's Bill Evans, the Bill Evans Trio, and uh, with the symphony orchestra, and you heard Blue Interlude. It's one of the Desert Island picks of Mo Kaufman's. Yeah, I love that piece. It's uh, it's from the Chopin uh, prelude in, in uh, C minor, and uh, it's just a, a haunting melody, and uh, of course that was recorded with a symphony orchestra, and uh, I just love that melody, and uh, Chopin really wrote a lot of beautiful things. Next, Oliver Nelson and his album Blues and the Abstract Truth. This is a, a favorite of mine, too. Oliver Nelson was a classic musician, a great arranger, and uh, this particular album, uh, Blues and the Abstract Truth, is a classic among many musicians, and uh, the cut that we're going to play next, called Stolen Moments, is a, a classic blues that he wrote that uh, I think uh, should be in every uh, serious jazz musician's library. Nelson and Stolen Moments from the CD Blues in the Abstract Truth. There's something melody. Oh, it's great. It's it's one of the the all-time classics. Uh, Oliver was not only a great arranger but a fantastic uh, saxophone player, and uh, uh, he plays solos throughout this album that are just uh, beautifully well, beautifully executed. Uh, not wild, not crazy, but he created a lot of patterns that are not now used by younger jazz musicians. Uh, uh, a, he was a consummate musician. And at some point in all this, he kind of threw in the the jazz towel and went to uh, went to Hollywood and did nothing but uh, but television scores and, and film scores. Right. Yeah. Right. Didn't play as much, but was writing all the time. He's a great arranger, great writer. I can remember as a kid sitting and watching what was it the the show with Raymond Burr Ironside. Oh, yeah. And seeing his credit. That's right, yeah. This is okay. This is all right. We've been playing, um, you know, your picks, but I'm wondering just for a moment if we could play something by you. And, you know, would you do that? Do you mind if we go to one of your tracks? Sure, why not? I don't care. Well, one of the the tracks that we were discussing from my uh, Devil's Brew album is a tune by uh, Irving Berlin, which is a... uh, uh, not a popular Irving Berlin tune, but uh, it's one of my favorites uh, that Irving Berlin wrote. It's called The Best Thing for You Would Be Me. Here's Mo Kaufman. on today's program that was Mo Kaufman. How many years have you been making records now? How many years? Yeah. Well, uh, I think back in uh, 1956. Wait a minute, 1956. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Back in 1949, I went over to Buffalo and uh, made four sides of a 78. Um, and it was released on a company called Mainstem Records. And there was a big promotional ad in the Downbeat magazine. I'll never forget the new alto sax discovery. You know, and I was I was a 19-year-old or 18, 19-year-old kid, and I was uh, really uh, premature. 
but uh, they were pushing this thing, and uh, that was the first jazz album I did, and these were with uh, some of the hot, because we used to go over to Buffalo and jam all the time at the Black Musicians Club, and so uh, I used these guys to uh, to make these four seventy eights. The first time I saw you play, it must have been, I don't know, 25 years ago, it was when the Four Seasons album came out. Right. On GRT Records. Right, yeah. And you played at the Astrolab Theater in uh, in Ottawa. Right. Do you uh, do you remember playing that gig? Oh, well, we played that gig uh, several times. Uh, I remember once it was so hot, and it was a great venue, actually. It was uh, behind the uh, Parliament buildings there. Yeah. And uh, they had uh, a jazz, well, a summer program, and uh, part of it was jazz, and we were invited back a few times. And the, the Four Seasons album, I mean, I, st- I still pull that out from time to time, you know, and listen to it. A lot of people like that. A lot of people uh, are asking me why it's not released on CD, but there is talk now of remastering it on, on a CD. Oh, good. Good. Let's go to your next Desert Island pick. Saxophone player, Cannonball Adderley. Oh, one of my idols, uh, aside from Bird and, and uh, the older guys like Johnny Hodges. Well, my first idols were Johnny Hodges. Uh... Uh, Coleman Hawkins and uh, Ben Webster, and then of course came Bird. You know, and Bird came out and just turned me right around, and that's where my jazz roots come from. And uh, after Bird, of course, there's guys that really took it a little further and really uh, went with it. And uh, Cannonball Adderley was my was my favorite. He's one of the greats, and he still is. There's a release out there now uh, called the of an old album called Sophisticated Swing, and it's got a whole bunch of cuts from uh, from his uh, discography with his brother Julian. Uh, it's a double-sided disc, and uh, great playing by both uh, Cannonball and his brother Nat. It's Cannonball Adderley, and this is from the, uh, the CD Sophisticated Swing. Here's I'll Remember April. Cannonball Adderley, and uh, that's from the album Sophisticated Swing, and you heard All Remember April. That's one of Mo Kaufman's Desert Island picks. Well, the reason I picked that, uh, Ross, was uh, uh, I collected all the original Cannonball Adderley albums when they came out because I really loved the way he played his sound and everything and his execution. And this particular album has uh, got most of those things on one CD, and it's just a great classical thing to have. And it's a, a, the, the original cover is great, too. It shows like an, uh, uh, a lady with uh, quite a nice figure and, and an old sports car. Can you make out what kind of sports car that is? But I remember that. Yeah. It's like an old Jag, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Nice, uh, nice yeah. red one. Yeah. Mo, thanks for coming by. This has been fun. It sure has. It's nice to see you again. Thank you. It's good to see you, too. Mo Kaufman's Desert Island picks included John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman, the soundtrack to uh, Glengarry Glenn Ross, uh, Bill Evans' trio with Symphony Orchestra, Oliver Nelson's Blues and the Abstract Truth, and Cannonball Adderley's Sophisticated Swing. CDs that we did not have time for included Miles Davis's Kind of Blue, Vincent Herring's Jobim for Lovers, Michael Brecker, uh, Two Blocks from the Edge, and uh, another Vincent Herring CD, Folklore. 
So my apologies that we didn't get to those, but nevertheless, I thought it important well, to mention. Well, if you're ever stuck on a desert island, uh, those are great CDs to have. Let's finish off with the with your uh, with your last pick that we have time for. This is a Stan Getz on saxophone, Kenny Barron on piano, and uh, why this one? Well, my heart my heart is with this one because uh, I've been an, a lover of Stan Getz's playing for ever since he started to play, and uh, this is was this was his last recording uh, before he knew he was uh, succumbing to uh, the disease he had, and. Uh, there's a lot of soul in this recording, especially since uh, he's got... It's just him and piano, Kenny Barron, one of the greats, and uh, you can hear it in his playing. He's just uh, giving all he has, and uh, this was his last, and it's a classic. Stan Getz on sax, Kenny Barron on piano, and this is first song for Ruth. Thanks, Mo. You're welcome. listening to an interview with Mo Kaufman that took place during the summer of 1998. I hope you enjoyed it.